1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Hello and welcome to the Gavin Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff, and I'll be returning to the hot seat today, much like how Walter Smith used to let Ali McCoist piss about in the cup games, but always <laughs> returning for the big occasion. <laughs> Joining me today to discuss Rangers' wins over Comarnok and Lech Poznan, Mr. Graham Curry.
3: Hello, boys. Hello, listeners.
2: Ian McCreevy.
4: Afternoon all.
2: And Ali himself, Scott Halliday. <laughs> Walter, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Alan McCoy, to be fair. break record-top
4: goalscorer.
2: scorer That'll do me. Aye, that's not bad. You've been called worse in your time. <laughs> ter-
4: ter- terrible in a managerial sense, I've done
2: the
4: job when nobody wanted that. well we're go
2: So, before we discuss the game, we obviously want to pass on our condolences to the friends and family of Marius Zeliacis, who passed away last night at the age of just 36 from motor neuron disease. Selyus has played 28 games for Rangers during the 2014-15 season, scoring twice. He'll also be remembered as the Scottish Cup winning captain for Heart of Midlothian. A horrible disease, guys, sorry, a horrible disease, guys, for anyone, but so such a young age, and I thoughts are with everyone close to the former Rangers defender at this time. Mo- moving on to the football. So Rangers lined up today away to Marnock with a few changes, in the start of the living, we went with Alan McGregor, James Tavernier, Philippe Holander, Conor Golson, Von Barisic, midfield three of Jack, Aribo Arfield, and Itam, Kent and Morelos as the forward line. So, Ian, you spoke last week around changing the forward line and the uh, midfield potentially to get in behind Kilmarnock. Is this the lineup you expected? or well, there are a few surprises there.
4: I think Atten was a surprise we were saying as well before. Like, if Itten's not going to start at home against Livingston, when is he going to start? And Coman away wasn't the game when I thought you'd throw him in. Um, I thought he'd done quite well though today on the like on the right. Uh, I thought he was he was quite good out there. Um, early on, when we were really in control of the game, we were getting it wide, and there was a stat on the screen wasn't there at one point after 35 minutes we had 15 crosses into the box so getting it wide and getting it in seemed to be a tactic it, it never really paid off to be honest Um but it, we, were, we were we were having a lot of joy getting it out and getting it in but just not really having that end product
2: Graham. I'm the same as you. Know. I thought the Rangers started really well, especially in the first 15 15-20 minutes. And probably a different approach for what we've seen for this Rangers team this season. It was very direct. You know, we only had Jack really as that midfield anchor, and the rest of the players were in front of front of him. It was a very direct approach. Is that is that the right way to go uh, against Kilmarnock? Malmo? But Jangui, obviously without the benefit of hindsight, do you think that was the right way to go about it.
4: Yeah, definitely.
3: I think we were... I don't know if it was Ian or Scott who mentioned it on the last pod that that was the way to open up Kamalmuk, was to get it wide. Um, we don't need two sitting midfielders. We just don't. We can control the game. they do not going to come out. we are not going to have players further up the pitch where we need to nullify them. So having the extra player up front or up further forward um, definitely was the way to go today. Um, but yeah, I think... As I said, Dean or Scott mentioned it in the last pod that that was the way to go was to get it wide, and it's certainly what we've done that first half, was just getting it to Tav, getting it to Kent, and getting it to Barisic for the crosses into the box. Um, and it worked a treat because it was causing them problems. I know we didn't get lots of shots on target, but it was the the most likely route to a to a goal. So around the
2: 17 minute mark, there was a great ball in from Abona Barisic three kick. Connor Goulson gets in a brilliant position, heads it towards goal, but it comes off the uh, command of defenders arm. Scott, this is a clear penalty. And then upsets James Tavernier for his 430th penalty of the season. <laughs> this is a, a great finish by a guy flying in confidence. I definitely. He seems to have got his confidence back in
5: terms of taking penalties but just shows you like Goldson's, I think Golson's won us quite a few penalties with his aerial threat and even if he's not sticking to the back of the net he seems to be connecting with a lot of them or I look at the the European game as well it was it Standard Leeds he was up there and got a handball as well so he's obviously like worrying the defences when you know the set pieces are coming in but Tavenier dispatched the penalty brilliantly. Um, I don't think any keeper would have saved that. It was such a powerful strike, and as you say, he's he's flying just now. It's just how he reacts. If he did miss one, you hope that it won't put him off, and he's confident stepping up to the next one. So it's obviously a bit different because there's no fans. So there's no real. There is pressure, of course. There's pressure, but I think it halves it. If you know what I mean, that there's no fans behind the the net. You know, eh, behind the behind goals.
3: I think actually the penalty that was definitely still more penalty, no no arguments from anyone I don't think. But it was interesting that there was both Tav and Barisic lining up to hit the free kick. Tav done a step over and I think it was that step over that caused the confusion. It it sent the back the back uh, back four or the back defensive line, it set them back five yards. So there was that confusion in the box already before Barisic put the ball in. Um so just an interesting wee, wee tactic there. Don't know if that's coming from McAllister, because I remember McAllister doing that from the lead states. McAllister and Strachan were always doing things like that when they played with Leeds. So those those um sort of tricks to confuse the defence. Um, and I know McAllister then done it again at Liverpool as well, but I'm wondering if he's coaching that. Or maybe it was just a... I suppose it is just a standard thing you do now and again, but... Um, yeah, I was definitely, I think that caused the confusion in the box. It then led to a bit of disruption in the back line.
2: I think you see teams across the whole world trying to do that step over. But, for example, if it's maybe, I don't know, say Barcelona, if uh, Fati and Messi are standing over the ball. You know, if Fatih's running, Messi's got to take it anyway. But we with Rangers, it can be either Barris at Chort Avenue. I think that's why we're so dangerous. We can get both of them, take them from different areas or both of them would have fancied putting a decent ball in for that area. So that's um, I think you're right there. If you're a defender though, it's it's hard
5: when, if it's not known whether it's going to be an in-swinger or like a swing out of the way. It's very it's very difficult. So as a trick I think we need to use more because it just... When you, the way you set up is just completely different um, as well. You know yourself, it's going to be going over your head or it's going to sort of swing round. Again, I'm doing that movement with my hands. And
2: a... <laughs> <laughs> you were going to win the heater there, Scott. It's, it's not that. I'm, I'm watching you. My eyes are fixated in your hands when they're going left and right there. Um, so, Ian, we're 1-0 up 19 minutes in. For the next 10-15 minutes, I thought, I thought Rangers controlled the game and maybe not many clear cut chances but we were get ourselves into very very decent areas and I was thinking to myself that we do need to get a setting goal here to kill this game off because Kilmarnock are always likely to come back into the game. Is it a worry that we've no got that setting goal and killed it in the first half? This season not so much
4: because I'm not so worried that we're going to concede a goal this season. Like last season you Definitely needed a second that on didn't you? Uh, there's, I, I think we don't win that last season. Um, and but this season you're much more confident that the defence will hold out, and that while a
2: second goal would be more comfortable, you don't necessarily need it. That's an important point, and it's a cliche as well. That, this time last season when we are leaking goals left right and centre, we don't, we don't win that game. We concede at least one so taking us into the second half game, where it was quite a cagey affair Camargo had more of the ball they, obviously a lot of credit's got to go to the defence and McGregor as well had a couple of decent saves but do think we stood off them a bit? Do we sat too deep? Yeah
3: definitely I thought we were I, we'll let it go it was actually for the 40th minute when they started to put a bit of pressure on us it was just before the break that they Actually started to try and come out and start playing, but I don't. I've I'm not able to understand why it changed. I don't know what changed in the Rangers team that. I would was it just that? Did we just sit back and allow invite it on? Uh, I think we changed our tactic as well. We go through the middle, which you know we just mentioned earlier. The, the, the correct tactic or this the. The tactic that seemed to be most effective was get to get it wide and that didn't seem to be happening. We seemed to be playing into their strengths and allowing power and dicker in the midfield to 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 um get more passes together and Yeah, but, but it was definitely worrying that we allowed it to happen. Um But the defence was great. I don't think we had too much to worry about. they a couple of shots, but nothing too too worrying. I think it's just our nerves as um, Rangers fans in the last few seasons that have led us to be over nervous or over um, yeah, just a wee bit worried that something's going to happen. But but I think in the the whole, our defence managed to manage the game and managed it out and didn't allow too many threats towards our goal.
2: Just on how they set up in the second half then, so we didn't go wide as much. And this has got to sound so stupid, so apologies. See, when Gerard brought, brought on Barrigan in the 86th minute, that was the first time in maybe 20, 30 minutes that Rangers then had an out ball. They played Ken and 18 through the centre, allowed Tavenir and Barragan to go, go wider with that back three. I mean, I, I think if he does that maybe 15, 20 minutes earlier, we would have been a lot more comfortable because I think yeah, we were we were firefighting for a lot a lot of the game in the second half there was long balls going up and it wasn't sticking but with Itton and Kent going through the middle, I think I think that let us see the see the game out. Scott, I said last week three points was all that mattered. And Rangers had to address uh, the question of mentality. They went into this game six points ahead with a chance to go nine points clear. Twice well last again, but last year they we, we bottled that. Have They answered a lot of questions today, I
5: think so. Yeah, it was, of course, we'd like to have you know scored more goals and perhaps a bit more pleasing than I, but we need to grind out these results. It's you know, we're desperate to see some style, and you know, Gerard said earlier in the season, give somebody a battering, but at the end of the day, three points is, is all that matters, and I think just that the state like Rugby Park. You don't care how we play it as long as we go back with, with three points. So, absolutely delighted. Um, as you say, the mentality, you know, because it's, it's it's more or less the, the same team. You know, you look at the Celtic game, for example, that was like all players that played last season, if you know what I mean. So, it's not as if it's a completely new team. So In um, Sky Sports, i, I seen the, they made the point about not having fans in. Is that maybe... Working to Rangers' advantage, I think, definitely. I think we've been very fortunate. and I think you said it last week, Ian, if we can stay out. <laughs> if we can keep away from the pitch and they keep winning, we'll all be happy, won't we?
2: Graham, you mentioned earlier that when we're watching the game, as fans, we natural. It's only natural that we're going to be nervous. Is that something that the fans need to address and need to, need to work on? Or is it a case that we're not going to change, so the Rangers team have to?
3: I don't think we'll ever change that. When when you're in stadiums and a pass goes astray, it's a collective groan. The whole... I don't know how you change that. I I don't know. Um, But that atmosphere does
2: exist. Sorry? You change that by winning trophies.
3: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Thinking back, does that... I've always remembered being at Ibrox and that groan being there whenever a, a pass goes astray. I don't Even when we were dominating um, and winning trophies. But, yeah, how do you change a culture at a, a, a fan group? I don't know if it's going to happen, but um, I'm not sure it is that big a deal. I don't know if the players are feeding off of that energy or not. I'm not sure. I think it is just a different team mentality. It's maybe not having that big an impact. It's, we probably play it up too much because we are so involved in it but um, maybe the team just need to know that they can grind out these results and now that they're starting to do it it's learning it's um, behavioural learning that they're they're taking on board and they can grind these results out so
2: Ian we're going to come on to the European game in, in a wee while but I thought Brian Kamara was excellent in that game and the last few weeks he was dropped onto the bench today in terms of the midfield three, is there MD you've seen today? So we, we've seen our field, Aribo, Jack, and Davis all feature. Is there MD there that's really stood out for you and is, is going to keep Kamara out of the team?
4: Uh, I don't know about keeping Kamara out of the team, but today I thought Aribo was quite good. He had some nice little kind of moments around the edge of the box and that. and. Um, it looks like he's 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 almost getting back to full match sharpness. So uh, once once he gets up to full speed again and gets back going, I think he's probably the most likely to to come in. I think um, maybe out on the right or like part of the three or whatever. I think Kamara comes back. I think Kamara going out was more with Thursday in mind. Than, than, than much uh, anything else really, because obviously away in away in Portugal you're going to have a hard shift.
5: I've uh, probably stole Graham's thunder here with being uh, part of the Ryan Jack Supporters Club, but um, I've got some stats here from from Sky Sports on Ryan Jack, and it's it's it's, it's unbelievable to be fair. So he'd had 63 successful passes, 45 passes in the opposition half. Eleven times possession gained in eighty-eight touches, so he has made the most successful passes in Scottish Premier League this season. Eight hundred and thirty-seven, and has a pass and accuracy of ninety percent. So I think he's, I think you know, he's been fantastic. I think he deserved the match today. Um, he's, and, you, and you think he was injured for a, a big part, and he still played the most. Obviously, we played more than Celt, more games in Celtic, but. Take nothing away from that. That's absolutely, absolutely brilliant, and he's a vital part of our team. I think him and him and Kamara are must must starts really for for bigger games. Anyway,
2: you know. I think this goes back to the point that we were making last week, where there is so much strength and depth, and it's, I think we need to start looking at when a player's on the bench it's not necessarily them being dropped. It's about them being managed because we can't expect Glenn Kamara to play 68 games a season at that level. We can't expect Denon Jack to do the same. It's about managing the players um, so it's good to see that they are taking their opportunities when when it comes up. I want to know how much you, think you get paid for that job at Sky Sports counting how many times somebody touches the bar? I think he use a different company. I think he use a company for it. Uh, I, might, I might go on a S1 job see if I'm looking. <laughs> um, so This leaves Rangers top of the league, nine points ahead of Celtic, having played two games more. Rangers' next game in the league is at home to Hamilton, who haven't played since the 20th of October due to the COVID restrictions and games being called off. So, Graham, I don't want to sound uh, cocky or complacent here, but... With the Rangers squad and how we're playing, we should be able to put out any rotation and if we execute our own game plan, we should be willing at three points there. So, am I right? 100%. Nothing to fear there.
3: Yeah, a routine win should do it. Um, 2-0. Make it a 2-0 victory that we're always getting these days. Uh, yeah, nothing to fear. It is an important one, though. I think we do need to... We do need to take the three points and just keep that pressure on, keep that gap at the top. It's... Um, it is really important that we apply the pressure to Celtic because that, that gap's grown. Not not expecting them to drop points against Motherwell, but they are playing Motherwell away. Motherwell have had a good few results the last couple of weeks as well, so they're picking up. They had a terrible start to the season, um, but they're picking up um, the one at the weekend or one, one yesterday as well. But no, we need to just apply the pressure and, and make these make these games routine. We're starting to do that now. We're to, that Today's an, a prime example of just making sure that we get the job done. Um, but no, as you just say, it, there's no team that we should be able to muster up there that can't do the job. And A clean sheet is just going to give you confidence. We'll definitely score. So as long as we keep, we keep the clean sheet, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get three points.
2: Moving on to the European scene then. Rangers played host to like, Lecq Bosnan on Thursday night and made it two wins out of two for the group stage with a 1-0 win. Ian, this was probably a more difficult game than what it was built up to be in the days before. A lot of fans had read and seen that they're a fairly attacking team and it, I think there was a kind of feeling that we were going to be able to pick them off in the counter-attack but it didn't say all we got at all, did it?
4: No, I just heard the same things, that they were a bit gung-ho and just all-out attack. We'll score more than you kind of team. Uh, don't really care about defending but... They definitely went like that. They were a good team. They passed the ball about well. Okay, they did pass it about a lot at the back. We seemed to let them just let their defenders have it. And then once they kind of came into our half, then we started to press them. Um, they didn't worry us that much. They had one chance where the boy crossed it, and it was just a bit over-hit the cross, didn't he? Um it was a, a bit of a scare. Um, but yeah, they weren't as attacking as I expected from what our, from what we had heard. And maybe that was just trying to get something out of the game more than, so a bit more game management than, than playing their own style. Thinking that, well, if we, if we keep Rangers quiet, like we know teams sitting in against us can do, then we might be able to nick a goal on a counter-attack.
2: I think that's a good point. So fe, I'm not going to lie and say I watched the Benfica pause in that game, but from what I've read they well, they, they had a goal at Benfica. I don't know if they've seen that as a as a three hit so we'll try and get something, but they had nineteen shots in target against Benfica and was only one against us. Scroll, um I don't know if I'm working too much into this, but I'm seeing this as a like a story in itself that teams are now seeing us as, as a an obstacle they need to overcome and they need to prepare a different way and manage a game a different way. I think our European runs the last two years is fair to is it team we like? I as a, I did you say it was as a compliment, you know, um
5: people have maybe taken a bit note. In terms of the shots and everything, I, you know, they're at home, maybe that had a bit of a an impact and then they're going away obviously to, to Glasgow, it might affect their Game plan a bit, but I think in terms of the you know the last two years, the group stages, I, th- I don't, I don't. The, the teams have been very good. I think like there's nobody who have really. It's, I, I, if you looked at them in terms of the quality, they are the poorest team that we've faced in the two last two years. And I'm not like on paper. I thought they had the games a really good game, and I was to get over this hurdle where we were expected to dominate the ball was a very different test for us I think we did do a, a professional job again as I said earlier I would love it to be 3-4-0 which I think few people were expecting but you know at the end of the day we got three points and it's 6 out of 6 and you know we'll, we'll obviously look forward to Benfica a bit but it's you know, there's not as much pressure on the games. We can still qualify even if the worst case scenario we don't get any points out them two games. So put us in a
2: great position. Graham, Alfredo Morelos came on as a sub for Kmart Ruth and equaled Alan McCoy's European goal scoring record and so it it's um it's came at the right time for Rangers and needed that goal to get the three points, but I think it really came at the right time for him. Uh, I think he. We spoke last week about how important he has been for the team without being prolific. But I think this will go go a long way towards his confidence.
3: Yeah, I hope so. Um, you're absolutely right. He needed it. He's a confidence player, and that He's a great header. Absolute bullet header. Um, quite in the right position read the cross well and go to sell that extra yard in the box and a really good header. But yeah, it, it definitely coming at the right time for Morelos that he's now going to need to build on that. Um, and I thought he played all right today. Didn't have too much um, too much going forward in terms of attacks, but he still try to link up and he was um, laid a nice one off for our field today as well. But yeah, the, the European stage is his... It's his platform and i don't know if he sees that as a the shop window for himself or maybe it is just up against european type teams that he's he's more suited um scott was saying there about the the, the teams that we've been playing in the last few years are all quality when you get to the group stage all, they are they're all technically gifted odd played great against us. portal they all pass a ball control it instantly and they're very technically minded um, and I, I noticed that again with Poznan that they were exactly the same, so technical. Um so we've done well to overcome them. But yeah, Morelos um on the score sheet doing the job for us, um and equaling on that super Allie's record, I'm sure he'll be delighted to see it being um overcome if it means a, a goal on Benfica on Thursday night
5: you see Alan McCoy's comment as well he said oh I don't know about that league because they're all in the Champions League <laughs> <laughs> like
2: that uh, <laughs> I think Alan McCoy was full of praise but he did just by remind people that he was he could kick a ball himself um, you're right Graham they, they were a decent team very technical and the speed I thought was brilliant as well in hindsight it, on, on the face of it it wasn't the best performance for Rangers but I was pleased with how we'd done against against a team so well drilled. Ian, a lot of people were unhappy about John Campbell's uh, 7 out of 10 question. I, I think people overreacted. When he asked the, he asked the manager, was he pleased uh, were we getting the result, even though the team were only going 7 out of 10, the manager kind of nipped back at him. But I thought, I thought it was a fair question, and I thought he was maybe even trying to give a compliment. Why was your take that?
4: uh to be honest i don't think other than maybe kimara many people did perform above a seven (laughs) it's like um
0: hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
4: I don't know, but I think the managers have really right to defend these team. I think we've, we've had a good result in, in Europe when we've not played particularly well. Um, so, yeah. The criticism of it was maybe a wee bit over the top. And the fact that, like like I say, most, like, not other than Kamara for me, nobody really performed any better than I sound. Um, But I, I think the manager's always going to stick up for the team. And so yeah. he should be. So
3: he should be sticking up. Just, as you say, he should be sticking up for the team. He's just watched us go top of the group in the UEFA UFA Cup. He should be sticking up for the team to say, hold on a minute, we've just put out uh Or we've just... um got three points against a top European side here. I'm all for that. He's been coming up off of that game thinking the plan that I put in place, the tactics that I put in place to see us get a victory and a clean sheet has worked. I I think that's... I I think he's not... I I disagree. I think he should be um, having a snipe back at the journalist there and saying, no, no, that's not a 7 out of 10 performance. We've Came out to do a job, executed the plan and got the three points. That's I'm all for Stephen Gerrard sticking up for us there.
5: I think I think as well, we've we've found different ways to win. I think last season, if we didn't win the one way, the nice pass and everything, we wouldn't win. And you know, it was we, we found it very difficult. But you look at today especially, a lot more direct and you know, it's about it's not about, you know, playing like Barcelona and, you know, in the but under Pep Guardiola, Man City, or whatever, it's about how can we beat Kilmarnock? What is their weakness? Okay, we'll try and exploit and they get more balls in that corner. So I think Gerard is actually learning more and more by each year. And say, you know, we've got plan B, C, and D now, before we
2: maybe only had A and B. So yeah. it's great to see. But that's uh, I think that's where the compliment lies in the initial question that. You know, we're no we no playing our preferred style in some of these games. Sometimes we need to work it out a different way and it doesn't look great, but we're still getting the result. I think that's where the compliment was intended. But I'm never I've never brought him moan about Steam J.R. sitting up for the players, um, especially after three points in Europe. Starting with yourself, Scott, how did Rangers set up against Benfica on Thursday? This is arguably the toughest test we'll have in the... Uh, In the group stage, uh, under Gerrard how what are you thinking? Um, It's a
5: a hard one. Uh, Some really good players have been taken. So, let me start.
2: Defence. Oh, is that actually 11 you want? Well, no, just I I cut a talking point, so let me put you in the spot. Balogun or Hollander, who comes in? Balogun. Is that because you're biased, or do you think? um, Balgan's Balligan loyal. I'll run that. I'll run that supporters
5: club. Uh, Graham can take Ryan Jack, but no, I think he's got done nothing, uh, absolute nothing wrong in Europe to to merit him being dropped. I thought he he was one player that was over a, probably an eight out of ten on on Thursday. I thought he was. I thought he was brilliant. Uh, him and Jack, uh, him and Kamara especially, were, were, were really good on Thursday. So I would I would have. Um, I would definitely have Balogun he doesn't merit being dropped for me in Europe.
2: And he's maybe a bit fresher as well if Landers played um, today. Ian, what midfield three do we set up with? I think, I think uh, Glenn Kamara for me is a must. And then the debate is who goes in alongside him because I think there's equal arguments for Jack, Davis and Darfield potentially are able as well. Who do you go with?
4: I think Jack, Jack Kamara are, are two definites for me. And then it's for me that the third one in the middle is between Arfield and Davis, um, and it's it's either going to be Davis is playing the Jack role today, or uh, Arfield play Jack playing where he did today and Arfield like up on the right, and I think more for Arfield's energy and work rate um, that he comes in because it's away in Europe it's, it's going to be an absolute nightmare shift isn't it um, Aribo generally puts in a good shift I, I don't think he doesn't work hard but I think our field just gives you more energy more effort um, a better work rate uh, I think we'll probably see Barker come back in um, for his pace um, so I, I don't think we'll see Aribo. Um in the midfield. Uh, so, uh, for me, it'd be... I'd probably go Jack Kamara, Arfield.
2: Great. I mean, this question would have been, does Brandon Barker come back into the fold? We know Ian, Ian thinks he will. And I'm inclined to agree with Ian because I think away in Europe, the likes of Arfield, Barker, they, they give you a bit more in terms of the off-the-ball movement and pressing. And I think well we're going to spend a bit of time off the ball on Thursday. Does Barker come in and who's up front alongside him, if he does?
3: No, it's not Barker from here. i Tav, Goldson, Balgan and Barisic. Jack and Kamara, I think we're all in agreement there. I'll go Arfield, Arabo and Kent. With Mirelos up front. My only concern about Arabo is he's played 60 minutes today, so he still been managed... Back from fitness, so that would be my only concern. Is um, is he match fit? Is he able to do after sixty minutes? Is he able to give us another sixty minutes? But that would be my my starting eleven. Um, only the goalkeeper is is that is McGregor? Well, number one now was McGregor just been sort of managed back from fitness because McLaughlin's been dropped after so many clean sheets. um is that a bit harsh, do any of you think, or was McGregor always the number one and it was just biding his time to get, get him fit again?
2: Well, I think, for me, I think McGregor was always going to be number one and Joe McLaughlin was brought in as, A, a decent enough backup if he gets injured and, B, someone who can push McGregor, so if he does drop in form, McLaughlin come in, can come in fairly comfortably. I think we need to be realistic with McGregor's age, is what, 38 now, and and even even as a goalkeeper, sixty games a season is a lot. So I think we will see McLaughlin more than we've seen Wes Vodinham. I, I get it as harsh for John McLaughlin after such a decent start of the season, but Scott, I think McGregor's shown in the last few weeks that he is just it pulls off the saves that he shouldn't be making. Whereas McLaughlin will only pull off the saves that he should be making, if that makes sense. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe being a bit harsh on McLaughlin, but I, I, I do. I think McGregor is a better short stopper.
5: But you know, next week at home to Hamilton, there's that. I've got no concerns about McLaughlin coming in there. Um, you know, he's, he, Graham, you're absolutely right. He's done nothing to merit being being dropped. I don't think necessarily the. I think his last game may have been, Hibs one. Well. We conceded to, but I don't necessarily think it was at fault, We maybe could have done better with one of the goals, but I think it's just in terms of McGregor, right, the, the, the influence he brings to the defence as well, you know, I, I mean, I, I, this is just looking from the outside, but I, John McLaughlin seems quite a quiet guy, and you know, McGregor's everything but quiet, you know what I mean, so I think that's quite... In, that's quite important for your defence and it's critical for these the, all these clean sheets we're getting as well. Um, McGregor's not scared to shout at Goldson, shout at Tav if they're not doing their job. Would McLaughlin give us the same? I don't know. That season, Hollander giving a bit back. McGregor had done a and I'm sure Hallander had a, a week go back.
3: So I think that's good as well. That they've got that Goldson's gonna be a Goldson's a communicator. Holander's a communicator, um and Tav's a communicator. I've not seen it so much yet from Barisic, but that back four communication's huge in a back four, so the the fact that they're all able to voice their concerns and nobody's going to be shouted down is is a really good thing. But uh, maybe that I just had a couple of concerns about his kick out. sometimes. Um when he's kicking a ball out, it's, it's sometimes gonna you know, he's always trying to pick out Barisic or Tav, but there's a few times it's just gonna the pitch, but it's the pros and cons there, I think he's a better shot stopper, but maybe a not as good um, distributor with the passing.
2: Ian, I'm going to put you in the spot. This has just kind of popped in my head when we were talking about players playing maybe six-dog games a season. I think um, the big concerns we would have had about strength and depth would have been the full-back. You know, We've kind of addressed the forward lines, midfield, centre-half. Passes come in, done a decent job in Europe and domestically. We've not really seen Nathan Patterson other than a cameo appearance. and I was looking, we were talking about Tav earlier on today, how important he's been. Is this going to be a, a concern that we might not be able to arrest him as often as we maybe want to? Or what if he gets injured, touch wood?
4: I, th- I think the next home game is the perfect time to arrest him. Him or Goldson should be coming out for that game. Um, Hamilton at home is, when they've not played for three weeks, if we can't, Rest the players. Then, when are we going to rest them? Um, I, I, I've got no. Now we've seen him. He's he's came on in Europe and he's had a cracking game, a, a performance in Europe. Played really well. really well against Motherwell. Any other time he's come on, he's been excellent. So I've got no problem with Bassi coming in at any time now. Uh, from what I've seen, he can like I'd be quite happy for Barcy to come in at Celtic Park. Like that right now, I, I don't have any problem with Bassey playing any game. And um, from what we've seen, uh, I know he's only twenty. I think isn't he? But he's bigger than ninety percent of the league. <laughs> it's not like he's he's a young boy coming in playing boy a boy against men. He's he's coming in and he's a tank playing against men. So uh, the physical side of it, he can absolutely handle. Um, Patterson maybe not so much, but. Hamilton at home, absolutely
5: get him in there. I think you are right in terms of rotating for all of that game, but it's the international break after. So if if we can use them, you don't need. I don't like. I'm sure one more game against Hamilton at home. i Gerard will give us some time off. I think he he goes down and sees his family and things like that. Um, so I, I don't think there's a need to you know rest. I, I think definitely we can use five subs in our league for winning 2-0 at half halftime we'll last week, throw on Patterson, give him, a, give him a 45 minutes, make a few changes, maybe pull Goldson out as well um, but you know, I, I just uh, it's about this rotating too much, we don't want to, you know, I think Defoe's a shoe-in to start next week as well um, very similar to that when we played Livingston at home, I think he'll come in and do, do a good job, so
2: so yeah, I think just with international break there's not a need to really rest. So I get what you're saying, you know, if we're two or three now we have now to go bring him on. He's not even made the bench the last two weeks, Patterson, and I don't want to make him out of uh, nothing but I think back to when we relied on Tavernier so much, he got injured and Matt Polster came out from nowhere. He, he had barely featured on the bench and then he was expected to play and it just it, it doesn't even, you expect a drop off in the areas but Poster had featured that little, the scrap of the full game plan. So that's the that's only slight concern going on just now.
4: As, as Patterson, I've not looked at the, the, the youth team, has Patterson been playing for the, the B team then? No. Because like, obviously Poster wouldn't have been doing that because um, of his age, but Patterson's obviously still of an age where he can uh, play for that team.
2: As far as I know, he's not been there playing with the B team. It's mainly been the under teams that have been in the B team.
3: Well, if, we, if we do need it, if Patterson's not up to the job, if he's not performing in training, there's nothing to say Jack can't slot on a right back, he's more than able to play there. So I think we've got cover across there. It's, um not a great concern. I agree with Scott, though, in terms of let's not rotate too much. We've got a, an international break, so it's going to be 14 days before we play um, Aberdeen after the Hamilton game. So there's a bit of time to just relax. and Tav's not going to end
2: we will be playing international football, so he'll have his time to relax and, and recuperate. I know there's been a lot made the last couple of years about our trips to Dubai and how we come back after that, but I actually think this international break might come at a good time. I mean, say like we, we should be getting three points against Hamlin. That's a given. If we get a decent result against Benfica, it finishes off a really good round of fixtures and... The fixtures have came very thick and fast, been very hectic. I think it might be a good chance to, you know, for players to go away where international teams trying kind to of switch off a bit for Rangers and then come back. And the players who aren't gone, we've got time to just kind of reset. And for the managers to reset as well, you you said they will go back down south. And, and I think he comes at the right time. Does to disagree or... No, I wouldn't disagree. Um, I think you're right. I mean, it's
5: we're all in the same boat. It's it's a long two weeks without it, you know. And I think it's just because we're from Scotland. They've not gave as much to cheer about in the past few years. But you know, it's if there, if there was to be an international break, it probably is the time. I think it works well with with ben, the Benfica game as well. Because I mean, touch wood, and I don't think it will, if we have a hard, hard night against them and. They take a few goals off us, you know, and you're playing them a week later. It's hard mentally to get over that, but at least if they have had two weeks, hopefully a good international break for them, you know, maybe you know you hope maybe some somebody scores or something, then you can come back with a fresh mindset going into the game at home. It's completely different than playing them a week later, you know. Only that Benfica are playing
3: tomorrow night. Um, maybe worth having a wee watch at that. I don't know if you as well be. I don't know if I what channel it will be on or anything, but I'm sure we will find a link to it, but they're playing boavista tomorrow night, so I'm going to tune into that if I can, um, they're playing Boa boavista Boa are second bottom of the league, um, so they're not great, I know they've been like, in Europe and in Champions Leagues in the last few years and things, but uh, they've not started very well, but it'll be interesting to see how they turn out, and as well, that's an extra day's rest that we're getting ahead of them, but... We're travelling, so it's probably six, six or one, a half a dozen or other. But yeah, I'll be having a having a look at Benfica tomorrow night.
2: So moving moving on to other games that we've kept, well, on the subject of other teams we've kept an eye on. Ian seen uh, Kai Kennedy starting for Inverness and Josh McPake played for Morton. Is it? Is it Morton? <laughs> <laughs> so in. Kai Kennedy, uh, you mentioned you mentioned off air that he got an assist. It's it's good to see him playing regular first team football now. Uh, what are you. What's your thoughts on him? Uh, I've been
4: impressed. anytime I've seen him, I was up at the the Colts game up in Inverness last season, and I believe that that game against them is the reason they wanted him on loan. He absolutely tore them to pieces that day. he was absolutely outstanding. Um, and I think that's why they've come in to get him on loan. And if he if he goes there and performs well, then hopefully he'll sign a new deal uh, with us. Um, because I think he's a, a cracking wee player. And one of these players that, like, a bit like Kent and, and Arabo and that and Hadjou, that we've said, he's, he can kind of produce that wee moment of magic from nothing.
2: Graham, Josh McPake, um, I don't know if you know too much about him, but... He had a, a really poor loan spell last year at Dundee. He went out for and for most of the season. He, he stayed on the bench, didn't even make it off. He's now starting for Morton. I think he's 20, 21. Re- realistically, after after a bad loan spell, can can apparently like Josh McPake recover in the championship and, and make their way back in the Rangers at the age of 21?
3: Yeah, that's not too. That's not too old to to make a breakthrough. Yeah, I'm thinking he's game time. You no, know, there's no point in getting out to Dundee and what you get a game. So if he's going to get regular starts at Morton, then um, that is the way to do it. But if, you know, if you're not going to prove yourself at Dundee last season, do you have the ability to prove yourself? You know, it's but it's nothing to suggest. You know, you get late bloomers. Sometimes people develop a wee bit later and. Um, Famous examples: David Weirmo coming into professional football at 23 year old. I don't think he played his first professional game, so it's nothing to suggest that um, he can't develop at a later stage. But yeah, he's going to have to rack up some games. I don't suppose you could go two seasons with it, um, getting regular game time in the championships. He's going to need establish himself in that team um, and see if they can see if they can take it forward. Um, get a good result at the weekend, beating Air Morton. So um, if, if they start picking
2: up results like that, which is a good result, um, Yeah, he needs to be part of that team and, and part of any successes they might have. Scott, we've got maybe about 10, 11 players out and in total, but we're not going to go through every one of them. I find the the most excitement in terms of our youth prospects this year was around Stephen Kelly. He got know, player this the year last year, the reserves of the soul. He, he was building the championship our uh, boy has stature playing, playing at that level. He's very small, and he competed so well in a physical league. He's not got too many many games for Ross County, but he got his first start yesterday. Obviously, they, they did get beat. Uh, but is this is this promising that he's actually now back in the in the lineup? Yeah, definitely. Um, always good to see them starting. I think
5: he's yeah, a bit concerned if they can if they can't get in the pitch for Ross County. How are they going to? get anywhere close to our team especially with their depth but you know it's all about them you know going on to have a good career um, as well it's if they don't make it we spoke about this a few weeks ago you know we want to make the academy the best in the country we want all the best players to come to rangers and then so we want to showcase them to have a good career but I think in terms of like some I think Graham you brought the, the age just there you know, young. You're still a young player when you're 23, 24 sometimes, and you've not you've only played a handful of games. You know, you go back maybe 10, 15 years. A young player was somebody at 17, 18 breaking through. But when was the last 17 or 18 you know? Was, he plays for Barcelona just now? But I can't think. Of, there's was one in Barcelona, but I can't think of the last player at you know, maybe 17, 18, even 19 for like either of those firm teams that came in and you broke know, broken the scene. So there's plenty of time for these people to really to up their game and, and make a
2: stake for a first-team place. Well, here's hoping that they you know, they all don't just get game time just because they're on for the Rangers. I want them to deserve the game, game time when the opportunities come along, they do well and... Yeah, we'll keep an eye on them for the rest of the season. So very last thing before we move on to rounding up the show, the retro kits, Ian, I know you're a big kit man. What's your what's your thoughts on A, the design of it, and B, have you taken out a second mortgage to buy one yet?
4: Yeah. <laughs> no, I've not I've not bought one yet. I did get a, a nice wee voucher through from Costolo saying I've got twenty five pounds off a hundred spend, so I could put that towards it potentially. Um, I like it I think it's cracking it's, uh, we had the, the top a few years ago didn't we that was the was it the 2010 top 2012 it,
2: the
4: hundred and fortieth anniversary was was the plain the, the one with the white collar yeah the plain blue white collar very similar to the retro top um, so I, I like it I think it's cracking I like when they do this the plain top with just the white collar Um Interesting to see when we wear it right enough.
2: So that that's a they they've they've Tavenier said in his interview you can't wait to wear it. Is this something that they're going to wear in a competitive game this season? Select games it is, yeah. Is it?
5: Yeah, so um Yeah, it'll be i I'd assume like a home game or something like aye. I I think Man City done it as well, I think, this season and the uh, and the chat was a charity shield or whatever it's called. They they wore like a, a retro top, and I remember man you having one years ago. So I, just, I don't understand like, for like, the sponsor thirty two red. Like, they they surely can't be happy because they're just going to can't <laughs> so, wear it. I don't know why they don't because certain tops in Europe we can't wear that logo. So with, I, the logical thing would be well
2: will use it in a European game. So you can you can't advertise gambling in Poland because we had to take off the sponsor yeah. for Warsaw, so yeah. that would be the logical, the logical yeah, one. But you know, probably a home league game or something. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But, okay, so, rounding off, best part of the show, is seen anything good on the world of social media, Rangers or football-related, this week? I'll kick us off. Funniest thing I've seen, um, somebody tweeted, Shane Duffy is just an F.A. Ambrose with a Wolf (laughs) Tone CD. (laughs) It's funny because it's true. Ian, have you seen anything you've enjoyed this week?
4: No, I haven't. Not really been on social media that much this week.
2: Thanks for doing your homework before the
4: board.
2: (laughs) what about yourself?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I've seen a WhatsApp rumour. Supposedly Lennon and Brown just had a fight in the dressing room. Laxalt tried to split it up and got his glasses broke.
1: <laughs> He's now
3: really upset and looking to end his loan spell. I just like the wee bit. He's now really upset. I guess you can imagine that wee guy being a wee greeting in the dressing room. <laughs> Try to pick up the glasses for the dressing room floor, going, I want out of here. Send me back to Milan.
2: <laughs> Via Specsavers. <laughs> Scott, what have you seen this week? Uh
5: oh, um it was it was when we get gifted some croissants from uh like Posnan on our arrival to Ibrooks and the comments was hilarious. So uh, it said cringe is gein out Lidl Bakery before a <laughs> European game. A disgruntled Polish person who I'm not going to tr- I'll translate in English. I'm not going to try it in Polish. He said, what the fuck are you? What did your croissants do? Pack your suitcase and get canned beans out of the cans on the Scottish clouds, which I've got no idea what that means. And then Rab G writes back, relax or I won't let you wash my car this
2: weekend. <laughs> <laughs> A nice bit of gentle racism. <laughs> well that brings us to the end of the show for this week just a bit of a plug for the pod to finish this week off you can find us on Twitter Facebook and Instagram and as you'll know all shows are available on Apple and Datecast we only have one ask if you can leave us a comment on any platform or get in touch tell us what you think about the show in general any points we've made or any anything we said or missed and if you don't agree with even if you want to Point out that I talk shite. That's absolutely fine. If you'd want to get in touch, we'd really appreciate it. All I have to do is thank my three co-hosts. First of all, Mr Ian McCready. Thanks for having us. Graham Curry. Thanks very thank
4: much.
2: And Scott Hodge. Cheers, Walter. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care.